up, bitches! Yeah, if you if you go to the, I assume it's the Bria Fairgrounds is what it's probably called. But yeah, they do Oktoberfest. Yeah, they have wiener dog races. See, it's, I'm, it's adorable and sporting. I'm a mutt in terms of my like genealogy, but I have German in there. The one thing that didn't get passed along is my my like of beer. I I wish I loved beer. I don't. Oh, I do. I really do, and I really like German. I really like German and Irish beer and food. Yeah. No, I I can eat a pretzel every day for the rest of my life. I don't know uh, beer. Just there's something about it, and I feel like I'm outing myself right now. No, feel, no, no, no. I, I I people are turning on me already. I that feel would, no, right you, I've had a lot of people on here, and like you look at them, you're like beer, and they're like White Claw. I'm like fuck, really? <laughs> like that's really White Claw is really taking. I've gotten in arguments. Apparently, I will argue about stuff. There you go. I will. Like I'll make a joke about White Claw, and I've gotten mm-hmm. some some responses back of people who are just. Like, one guy was just like, "It's actually the perfect drink." I'm like, "Okay." I mean, I like <laughs> yeah. a White Claw. I do, I wouldn't say it's the perfect drink. What we're drinking right now, uh, whiskey. Four walls. I love whiskey, and the fact that you have the Always Sunny whiskey, and uh, yeah. it's calming my nerves. It's making me feel great right now. It's making me feel like I want to talk about really anything in the world well we typically that's what we do um or we i i'm not gonna say obviously i want to talk about the stuff you do but i don't be surprised if we never get to it that's okay uh i remember brett from good company came on here <laughs> and i don't think we even mentioned good company man that dude was hilarious that's we what just, i'm talking about he just started going and and we just we had a blast he was just like i used to be an au pair i'm like uh, all right, let's start there. <laughs> and I'm not sure we even mentioned Good Company. And then like two and a half hours later, we're all hammered drunk. <laughs> and he's like, I got to get going. I'm like, all right, man, take care. And then I'm like, I don't think I even mentioned his restaurant. You're mentioning it right now, though. There you go. Oh, I've mentioned it a couple of times. It's one of my favorite episodes because it was it really got away from me. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. It's the fact that they didn't mention it at all during the entire time. Now you're mentioning it almost every other episode. Yeah, oh yeah, I do. A that's lot. That's free real estate. And that's actually too. That's I I that's I feel like that's the best compliment I can get. <laughs> is uh, I had so much fun I never even talked about what I came here to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's like I'm like ah, that's that's the best thing. Hardwick that- said that to me. The guy from Hardwick from from Black Hat Barbershop. Mm. His second time here, he's like, this, I can't believe it's already been 2 hours. I just love talking. I'm like, that's the that's the best compliment somebody can give me. If someone's like, you're a really good interviewer, I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> is that where guiltless comes from? You don't have any guilt. After the fact that you didn't talk about what you meant to talk about. Not really. It's evolved into that. Like, guiltless is just a play on guilty pleasures. Like, don't, if you like them, why you feel bad about it? That's you know? true. I mean, and, I feel bad about it. A, a lot of things. So this might heal me. A oh, yeah. Bit. I doubt it. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never mended any, like, no one, like, left here and was just like, I'm finally, I talked to my dad after 10 years. After being, like, that doesn't happen. If I have an epiphany at any point during this, I will let you know. Just bring it up, man. Yeah. yeah that'll also make me feel better. And I'm like, I've, I have, uh, um, I have, like, some of the things that I have done outside the podcast. I'm, like, I've married two marriages and they're both intact. There you so go. I'm 100%. <laughs> that's so. a that's 100% win rate. And mm-hmm. you know what? That you you hit every shot that you One took. baby came out of it too. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Two married, two successful marriages and a baby. And I don't I, know if the baby's successful. But. I'm guessing they all, it all goes right back to you. I can't, it's, I mean, there was only one person that was at both ceremonies. So, you know, <laughs> I mean. Well, let's do the Venn what's diagram. What's the common denominator here? Yeah. It's, it's me. It's you. It's me. So you're welcome. So if anyone is, is, if you're not sure if you want to take the plunge, I can just probably just look at you and be like, don't do it. In a few months, I'll send you a bill for yes. how you ch- turned my life around. Yeah. I have a very, yeah, my, my fee is nominal. It's just like, you really got to let me, I, have, I need free reign of your bar and your buffet. <laughs> That's, and I know it's, it's, you're like, no, it's an open bar buffet. I'm like, yeah, but I, I really kind of take it to the house. You're like, up there during the ceremony eating baby carrots. Just exactly. Being like, yeah, we're gathered more here mac today. And <laughs> more oh, mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and cheese. Like a bowl of mac and cheese. Just yeah. sneaking it every once in a while behind yeah. the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that well, that was a that because I was like, I, I assume everyone's. I I was like, I assume this is not like a, a religious wedding, which is why I'm here, right? And uh, they're like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Like, what if they thought yeah. you were a pastor and they're like, uh oh, well, Fordwell, <laughs> I've known both of the, the the couples that asked me, I've known for a long time and have that you're gone on pastor. trips with. And they're like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> but so, you're a reverend, technically, correct? I actually am because I had to re up it last year because my my last one was in. Uh, fuck, when was it? February? Yeah, February of last... Yeah, last February. I'm technically a reverend, too, because I did one of those little online things, but I don't know if I have... Yeah, see, you're you're busting out... I got my the, card. The card. I never... I didn't splurge for the card, but every time that website uh, emails me, it says, Reverend Bucks. Then, you know, there it's your go. anniversary. Boom. Ordained. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it even this looks, is not hard to get. <laughs> it looks like what a minister card would be, burgundy and just like normal oh, font. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah. straightforward. I'm a minister. And I it, can marry you. It looks like what, like if a religion would be a fake company. That's what, United National Church. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's like we're going to keep this as vague as possible. The and I, I like that you spilled out all of your credit cards. I'm I just wanted to get to that. I'm memorizing all the numbers right now. Go ahead. These are. Uh, my health insurance for my my work. Perfect. So I'm gonna hit the hospital. Someone might as well bill. go there because I'm just like, I've had health insurance for like 30 years. And I've never gone to. I've never had. I mean, the second I don't have it, I'm gonna fall out of a car or something like that. That happened to me before, and not fall out of a car. Oh, I was gonna say that's close. I've fallen out of two. <laughs> really? <laughs> two moving cars. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, what, what happened to me was uh, I worked at Chipotle for a while, and uh, I had insurance through them, and then. We all had New Year's Day off. I, I don't even know when this was, 2013 or something like that. And um, a bunch of us decided to go sledding, because why not? We were all in our early 20s with nothing else to do on a day off. So you all went sledding. Um, I went down the hill. I've, I've already injured myself before in my life, snowboarding and all that type of stuff, because for some reason, in my mind, if it's on the snow, you're cushioned, you're fine, you can do anything. You get super hurt. <laughs> but I get super hurt all the time, and this yeah. was the last time I did this. I, sled, I went down the hill, uh, I stopped, I turned around, and one of my uh, a friend who's taller than me and heavier than me and I'm 6'1". Yeah, you're a big guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's coming down on one of those hard plastic sleds with like the curved uh, edges and everything. And I put my sled in front of me and he blows straight through the sled into my face and breaks my orbital br- bone, cracks my eye socket, crushes my sinus cavity. And I had like a ski mask on and I get hit. I turn over. I, 
laying on my back. I'm knocked out. I wake up spitting out blood. It's a great, it's a great time because of course everybody's running over me like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And I take this ski mask off and just spit blood all over the snow uh, because the sinus cavity leaked down yeah, my yeah. throat. Yeah, this is a great, it's already what, five minutes in and I'm divulging some trauma. See, you're doing a great job. Um, yes. But either way, that happened. Uh, I get in a car, they're driving me and I say, don't take me to a hospital because my insurance just went out yesterday because it's new year's day and now i don't have any insurance long story short i eventually have to go to the doctor go to the hospital yeah man that isn't a twisted ankle yeah yeah so yeah my face was all uh bloated and uh black eye and all this stuff and i broke all those bones never had to do surgery but did go to an orlando vacation you never had to do surgery never did surgery never even got prescribed uh, pain medicine, medicine or anything like that. Because after I saw the surgeon, we went directly to this uh, trip we had planned in Orlando. This is this is weird. This is not a far cry because I have a very similar story. It's not nearly <laughs> as bad. It's more funny. But all is it the about pe- the car? Oh no! Okay. All the pieces are there though. So I had a friend in college. He uh, there's so much backstory to this, but I'm just gonna have to blow through it. You have to bear with me. Go through it. He I'm fell gonna- off the roof of a McDonald's. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I don't. I again, like, if I had to explain while you're even allowed to, if you knew where we were or who we were at the time, you'd be like, that tracks out. That tracks, yeah. Checks out. So he fell off the roof of McDonald's and broke his wrist. But the next day, he was going to Florida for spring break. Okay. And he's like, I'll do it when I get back. (laughs) That's it. That's spring break for like a week. Then he came back with him. He was at spring break, like in like Fort Lauderdale, because. That's where most Ohioans in the 90s went to spring break because we thought Florida was awesome. We, <laughs> right. didn't have, we didn't have the internet yet. Right. So it was the only hot place we knew. So we all went to Fort Lauderdale or Fort Myers or Myrtle Beach. Those are the only places we knew existed. Oh, yeah. So until like like in the MTV Beach House, we're like, where the fuck's that? <laughs> um, but then, yeah, he went, to, he went on spring break for like a week with a broken wrist, then came back. No pain meds outside of being hammered and high. I was going to say, I'm sure self-medicating all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, the whole time. Uh, the, like, I don't even know. I think I might have been 20 when, when this happened. And I didn't drink at the time. I didn't have any of that. So I was just in pain all that. Of course, I had like a major concussion. And all oh, you stuff. had to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't break your orbital bone and not get a concussion. Oh, no. Or get knocked out and had, like, I still no. remember that feeling, that, like, thud, that thud and blackness, just like, that never leaves. Um, no, but, and it's usually getting knocked out is like if anyone if you've never been knocked out, it's hard to explain, right? Because it's not like if you see like somebody like in a boxing match get knocked out, more often than not, they didn't feel the punch, they right. didn't feel what knocked them out. They came to and then they were super sore. Yeah, like the last time I was not, it's been a couple of years, but I was kind of just out of it, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of fucking laying face yeah. down, and like uh, I came to, and then it wasn't until later where I was like, all right. My fucking head hurts. <laughs> right. You know, that's, but you know, I mean, usually like the, that, that's how you get knocked out. Like it's not, it hurt really bad. Then you go out, like you get clean and then basically mm-hmm. you, you turn off and then you turn back on. And people think, cause they see it in movies all the time that when you get knocked out, you just like slump or whatever. Fuck like that you get knocked out. You can still like be moving. You can still be talking. You can still, you oh, know, yeah. whatever. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan. So anytime I see, a good sell of like a super kick or something. And somebody like stiffens up after it. I'm like, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's a real knockout. 
sell. Yeah, but that, a lot of people th- think that you just get knocked out, you just slump over, you're you're down. No, there Sometimes, are some like that, but those are very very rare. Right. You've seen. I, I'm thinking of one right now. And I'll just send it to you when we're done. It's on YouTube. It's That's hilarious. Right. It's some, some guy that decided, I'm going to be a boxer, and he stepped in with a, uh, an actual boxer. Mm-hmm. And this dude connected where his body turned off, but he wasn't on the ground yet. And he just kind of like was like this. <laughs> he's upright, and he's stiff, and his, his arms are kind of out because he's off, but he's still up. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So it can happen, but it's rare. Usually, you just go down. Well, I, I've had so many head injuries. I don't know if anybody can tell. But uh, one of the times was when I was walking down the stairs, kind of like the steps over here, and I hit my head on the wall, but, you know, above the stairs um, and and going into the lower bottom uh, of the house and hit my head, rocked my boat, definitely knocked myself out for a second, came to, left for work. And realize I didn't pick up any of my stuff, so I locked myself out of my house. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I was coming to while, like, trying to get in my car. Sometimes you get knocked silly and you don't know what you're doing halfway through it. Yeah, I've been been dazed a few times. I've never been completely turned off, though. Mm. Uh, Most of mine, like, I've had a lot of, not a lot of injuries, but nothing, I've been lucky, nothing bad. Most of my fingers I've dislocated. I've sprained both my ankles five or six times. Yeah, uh, a couple rib and like bat, but nothing, nothing. Well, I hit with a bat when I was like eight, but I was oh, eight. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, like, and it's like that. Okay, you that have to get me on. you have to get hit by a bat when you're eight. Though. At least yeah, once yeah, or twice. once or twice. Yeah. I was hit by a, definitely a lot of baseballs and I w- I'm the youngest of uh, two older brothers by a lot. I'm four. I got. I'm the youngest of four. Oh, wow. Yeah. My my brothers are uh, nine and 11 years older than me. Never forget. And uh, man, I would get thrown all around, falling down the stairs, hitting my head, getting knocked silly, seeing the stars. Like, I got that stuff all the time. My sister was the one that hit me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she's also about, she's 10, 12 years older than I am. And uh, I was at her softball game, and I was a kid, just walking around, fucking about in the dirt. Oh, yeah. And I stepped right into the on-deck circle, and my sister swung and knocked me into another world. I don't remember anything. Did it hit I your just, head? Oh, yeah. Oh, god. I still got, like, I had, like, 40-something stitches, like, right up here. <sighs> and this is, like, a doctor in, like, the fucking 80s. So right. it wasn't very good. <laughs> so they, they, he's just, like, it's, like, Elmer's glue and, like, paper mache, and he's, like, it looks good. Yeah. But, Getting uh, office supplies to yeah, stitch yeah, yeah. you back up. Yeah, but I was. Uh, I mean, out. I was. I. I don't remember it. I don't remember it happening. I just woke up in the car. I'm in my dad's arms, and I am covered in blood. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. But that was it. But I mean, that's an example. Someone's like, you hit with a bat. Like that hurt. I'm like, no, because I don't know. remember any of it. Right. It'll. Someone hits you with a bat, and they get you good. You're probably just not going to remember it, God willing. <laughs> right. And that's what I mean. Like when the sled hit me, I I remember that feeling. I don't remember like falling, sliding, anything like that. I just remember being on my back, just turning over. Like, is that just another rite of passage too? Because I remember sledding, and I remember a girl blowing her leg out completely. I think the when it first happened, uh, my first like run in with snow sports, it was a snowboard to my teeth. These bottom teeth. I was ten, so my adult teeth came in, and yeah, snowboard to the teeth as I fell. My own snowboard as I fell down a hill. It somehow swung back and hit me in the teeth. And that was another time that I sort of got knocked silly and then spit out blood. I, I've spit out a lot of blood is what I'm here to say. That's yeah. what I'm here to promote, spitting out blood. 
And you know what? We appreciate that. Yeah. Because this is something that doesn't get talked enough about. I know. It's how much blood we Americans spit out that we can easily donate to other countries. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's why I keep a little baggie with me at all times. You know what times. we do more than waste food? We waste blood. We waste blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> blood and some of those teeth particles. I'm sure someone could use some teeth. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. People, think about it. There's, I see pictures all the Well, there's a lot of people in the States that can need teeth, too. Thanksgiving's coming up. Be thankful for your teeth and blood. Be thankful for your teeth. Be thankful for your blood. Be thankful for your sled riding injuries. Yes. As opposed to not being in a war-torn country right now. We're like, man, sled riding is brutal. Yeah, no. No, trust <laughs> me. This is where all these stories are able to be told with smiling and laughing. Not, not a lot of stories are being told like that right no, now. No, 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 no. Which is sad. It's especially sad for this time of year. Like, you know, we're all like get uh, very into like, you know, the end of the year, you're like, another year passed. A lot of us are thinking about shit we didn't do or don't have. Right. I'm like, hey, man, it could be worse. A lot of things it's not could that be bad. way worse. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be significantly worse as we've learned. So, out cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers these to four, that. Too. These four walls. Four walls. Yeah. Again, always sunny p- whiskey. For anyone who doesn't, uh, the guys from It's Always Sunny came out with a, a whiskey called Four Walls. I actually ran into it at uh, Bourbon and Beyond when I was in Kentucky mm. last year. That um, makes sense. Kentucky. Yeah. 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 And they were there, saw them, they performed live. You saw them? Yeah, they oh did their podcast gosh. live. That's I one of the reasons I wanted to go down. And there were some really cool bands, and I was like, but I want to see them. They're performing in the middle of the day. And it yeah. was a lot of fun. And then they had a booth. So like in Bourbon Beyond, they they have like, it's a really cool thing, but they have like booths. They have like drink booths and food booths and all these things. And one of them was a Four Walls, and it was theirs. And I have been trying to order hats and T-shirts forever. And they just now, like in the last like two weeks – because I, I think they just sell out so quickly because mm-hmm. they're wildly popular. And I found a bottle and I just grabbed one. It was only like the bottle wasn't expensive, but the shipping was because it's a bottle, so they have to mm-hmm. really kind of ship it. So mm-hmm. it was like sixty bucks total. That's not too bad. No, though. now with shipping, shipping like twenty five of that is shipping and just packaging. So now, when you saw them, was it in that? Because I, I saw the event, it, wasn't it kind of in like a tent or like yeah. a yeah, yeah? It was a How really, was that? really, it was fun. It was, but it was just I couldn't really see them because obviously I'm not the only one that had the idea to go see them. <laughs> I mean, it was there imagine hundreds. if it, if you were that'd be crazy. There was easily yeah, if it was just me. Sitting in the front, <laughs> right. in Woo! my mind, I'm like, I can't wait to get a good seat. Yeah, I was 50 yards away, you know, in this tent. I'm slowly inching. I'm only with my wife, who was pregnant at the time. Oh wow! And I'm like, like I'm not above pushing people right now, but right? Like, but this one ain't gonna be a lot of help <laughs> if it goes down. So throw a couple bows, please, lady. Yeah, I was like, can you just grab your belly and walk to the front and just keep telling everyone you need a place to sit and everyone moves. That would be, she wasn't that pregnant oh, though okay. at the time. Yeah, she was, she wasn't cooperating. She wasn't <laughs> even showing. <laughs> in fact, in fact, we hadn't even really told anyone yet. It was very early. <laughs> they, you, they were the first people you guys were telling. It's like, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. They I'm would pregnant. be the first one I would, I, if they're like, what's going on with you? I'm like, about to be a dad. Yeah. I haven't even told my family. It's pretty important <laughs> that we get right up here, please. Thank yes. you. So yeah, so it, it was a lot of fun, and they were funny. But I, you know, I just it, there were hundreds of people in this. It, it seemed, was a big tent. It but. seemed chaotic because I'm sure a lot of people had a lot of whiskey at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. my me included. Like I, <laughs> and it was so hot. I'm just like, oh, I know whiskey will help. No, it's like that's it's not what you want. So then I started having beer, and, and I was having a lot. And it was one of those things where you're having a lot, but I'm and I'm a sweater too, mm. so I'm sweating so much. It's not like I was super drunk, but I was really uncomfortable. <laughs> right. So because it was hot 
and I was pretty drunk, but not super drunk. But then I just I I combated that with I'll just have another beer that'll cool me down. Yeah. And my wife's like, yeah, the ninth one will help you, moron. <laughs> You're probably just sweating most of the alcohol out. At that oh time. yeah, because yeah. oh I was yeah. And then I finally ate because I like you know that's the other thing. You're like I'll get wasted. And I'm like oh I'll eat something. That's too late. You're already drunk. Right. Idiot. Now you just you just eat bad. <laughs> that's it. I needed to eat seven beers earlier. But I, I do. I do love their podcast. I um, you know, I write as much comedy as I possibly can with the time I have allotted on this earth, and listening to their podcast is by far the most I've learned from listening to a podcast. Like you'll listen to random podcasts where someone on there is a writer or someone is an actor on something, and they'll talk around what they do, but they they like to pride themselves on not like really talking about the episode, but what they do talk about for the episodes, the always sunny podcast, it's so telling because just how they come up with a, an idea or this happened because, you know, so like uh, a good example is this is when Dennis spills his, uh, cereal in his car, uh, because Frank rear ends him. And then it turns out that that was a real uh, story that mm. Glenn was, spilled his his cereal in his car and was hot more about that than the actual accident. And it's little things like that that lets me know to open my eyes a little bit more. It's like, what are the funny things that have happened to me that I need to notice? And and I, I have so many notes now. I'll just send myself messages on whatever I have open at the time and just be like, say people who breathe through their mouth is awake apnea. Like just little things I remember and I just need to throw on there or else I'll forget it forever. I just, so I love, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> that, that's what I've been doing. Cause I'm, 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 I booked another show Yeah, and uh, I don't ever go, well, let's introduce you first. Cause I like this topic of like writing. Yeah, I, I do. I really do. Cause I write a lot too. Cause I kind of have to, for some of these other things I do, mm -hmm. I don't plan shit for this. Right. Um, but Tyler Bucks. So yes, sir. I was trying to think about this. When we've been talking for a little while, a little while. yeah. And that's not odd for me. It's really not. I have people that I'll message and, uh, we schedule something the following week. It just mm -hmm. works out that way. And it's usually somebody like me that has like I am I'm a nine to fiver, so my Sundays and evenings after four are pretty good. Me so too, I can yeah. be flexible and I work from home and I'm pretty flexible. So I mean I work right there. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, nice so, office. Yeah. So coworkers um, are nice. I'm talking he's about a, the dog. That's Roscoe's right amazing. Here. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he doesn't really chip in uh for the carpool, doesn't but for the most like part, it. he's pretty good. No. But um, yeah, like uh but some people, most people I talk to don't have normal schedules, and mm -hmm. I'll talk to them for months <laughs> before just kind of – and you, we've been talking for a little bit. Yeah. I know your buddy was going to come mm -hmm. with you, but he's got some other stuff that's kind of going – just schedule them didn't work out. Exactly. So. I didn't want to cancel it. We were too close, and I'll happily have you both back, but – Yeah. Now, see, that's the thing is I, I did a Star Wars podcast for several years, and then uh, I was doing it with my friend Logan – and Logan is currently taking care of his mom, who's living with him right now, uh, has Luke Eric's disease, and is being her main caretaker and everything. So uh, it was about ugh, two years ago at this point that we were at Celebration, Star Wars Celebration in L.A., and uh, we were there doing work with the Lucasfilm art people, and... We were seeing all of our Star Wars friends and having a great time and shooting a bunch of stuff. And in the back of both of our heads was like, stuff might go south 
and this might be the last hurrah for this. And that's kind of what it turned out to be is that we, you know, we, we didn't tell people like, Hey, this is what's going on that, you know, the show might go on hiatus. We just sort of had a good time. And then when we got back, it, it kind of started immediately. And so thus these past two years have kind of been this for me is like you said, we've been talking for a while and for, for the years prior to this, I would have been like, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Let's do something next week or whatever else. Everything now has been very calculated. It's been very like, well, okay, what if I write a short film? Or what if we do these sketches? Or what if I bring back this, you know, Magic the Gathering channel? Like all these things have been like little stepping stones to get back into it. But the, the, um, the routine is not there as much as it was for the past like five years when I was doing a podcast every single week and sketches and everything else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, these things are fun, but they're mm -hmm. not easy. Especially no. if you don't like I've had, I've had other podcasts reach out and be like, I'm just kind of just struggling, man. It's just not something I'm enjoying. I'm like, stop, stop doing it. Then. Right. Is it Slow paying down. all of your bills? Stop. Right. Like if you're not enjoying it, what are you doing, man? Mm -hmm. Like this is this is not supposed to be something that that's difficult for you. Mm -hmm. It's not. Like unless it's something that is legitimately paying your bills and it's your full time job, yeah, full time job financing your future. Yeah, man, you're gonna have to put your head down and fucking push. Yeah, but if it's not and you you hate your fucking hobby, right? You need to move on, man. But right. it's it's a lot of fun. Like I love doing this. Mm -hmm. I do. It's a I can, I am, I make some money doing it, mm -hmm. but it certainly isn't my primary source of income. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I was talking about going to celebration and, and, you know, doing stuff with the Lucasfilm art people. Like we got paid for that, but that's not like a, you know, we come back from that. And even though there's so much stuff going on in our personal lives yeah. and whatever, it's like, well, no, we're good. Cause we got, pay no, we got like our expenses paid basically at the, by the, at the end of the day. And I think a Which lot that's of that's a sweet gig, right? But it, it yeah. is, but I think a lot of people don't think that when they see someone out, you know, traveling, doing something, or they see someone doing like a high produced video and they got some money from it. People tend to think, oh, well, they must be professional. They must be doing this as their job, whatever it is. And it's like, no, still got to go to work every day. Still got to, you know, keep the hey. house together. That's you just have to figure out how to do all of that and do what you're passionate. Hey, most of these are DIY. Like, you know, the the, the people that I know that, that I mean, they all started out that way and are still kind of that way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know uh, Joey Suryat. He's the same way. You know, he's he does a lot of it himself. Noah mm -hmm. Ryan does a lot of it himself. You know, these are guys that are that have, you know, two hundred to six hundred thousand followers. Right. But they're doing a lot of it themselves because when you look at what it would cost to outsource, like go to like a, a studio and have them all do it for you, right. you're like Fuck that. Oh, I'm going to yeah. go to YouTube and just learn to do this myself. Yes. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, that's how I did any of this. I'm, I'm for sure the definition of a journeyman. I, uh, I surrounded myself with people who went to school for editing videos, editing podcast, like whatever, I, writing. Like, I, I've surrounded myself with those people, but I've never done a class for any of it. But you're exactly right that the minute you outsource something, all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh! Like, really, I gotta pay five hundred dollars? Uh, maybe I'll just look up how to how to do this myself. And you just 
go down that road. Some people do rise and they, they say, okay, I'll have someone else do it. Great. Other people yeah. just say, okay, I'm going to learn how to do literally all of this yeah. on my own. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a monster when you start kind of researching that. I was looking at one even recently. I was like, ah, I kind of want to do this. It was something I was working on and I'm like, I don't, I'd like to have this and this and grab, but also I don't want to be the one that's doing it. I'd like to just focus on this part. Right. And I looked at it for maybe 15 minutes, like, nope, fuck that. That's so dumb. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I can't I can't justify what it would cost for me. I'm like, I'll figure it out. I'll just do it myself. Mm-hmm. That's that's why there's like equipment just kind of laying around here. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, and that's a big thing that I've been trying to do more lately is uh, you know, working within my own bounds. Yeah. And some of the writing I've been doing and everything, it's all based off of what can I do my myself and what what script can I write that I can actually do? Because it, that's what kind of sent me down writing some short films is I had a great idea. And the more I thought of it and the more I planned it out, the less I could do it, yeah. you know? And then it's like, all right, let's come up with another idea. Similar issue. Let's come up with another idea, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the biggest thing for people who do this type of thing is not stopping, right? Sometimes what you're going to work on is the third, fourth, fifth idea you came up with. If that first idea falls through, you got to keep on going and going. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, it drags me down. It drags a lot of people down because it's, it's like, I love that first idea. Well, the, the, But the idea in your head is amazing. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, okay, but there's 20 steps to make it a reality. Right. And step three and step seven and step 10 and step yeah. 12. You're going to problems each one of these. You're like, fuck, is this worth it? Right. And that's where a lot of those kind of peter out, especially in this kind of realm, you know, is, I mean, podcasting is no different. It's, you know, podcasting, you're like, Oh my God, this looks so much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You sit around with people that you're meeting, you're talking about cool stuff. You're having some drinks and you're having, and you're making fun of shit and you're having a really good time. You're getting to know someone, you're meeting new yeah. people. And then you're like, wait, it's like, I've put out like eight episodes and like, why am I not viral? It's like, <laughs> because, well, that's why, <laughs> right? Because you have to kind of put your head down and push, man. Like, it's just, it's, it's so saturated. You gotta, you, obviously you got to market and you got to put yourself out there. You also, you got to be consistent. Just keep doing it. Like that's a normal feeling of why do I not have thousands of listens on every one of my episodes? It's because what are you doing to make people want to listen, fucking listen to And it? learn how to change course. It, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. what, okay, this thing that you're doing, you like it a lot, but does it for everybody like it? Does anyone like it? Right. Yeah. I mean, You've got to make a product that for other people. Yeah. That's And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I do that so often and maybe a little bit too much. I go into a situation and I go, okay, well, what will be the best for the person who's consuming this thing or whatever? And eventually I've, I lose track of what I wanted to do with the project or what I wanted to do with the idea itself. So I'm, I always try that. I always try and make sure that I can circle back to what I'm trying to do and then the joy of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, what would you classify yourself as? Like if someone says, what do you do? Uh, See, I am, I don't know. I'm a content creator and that's like such that I, it's so nondescript because a content creator could be someone who films himself digging holes or, you know, whatever. I just or, think OnlyFans, but that's fine. Well, that, I, I mean. I'll subscribe. Maybe someday. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a code. You can. You, I need to get through the holidays because I've already started putting on weight, but I'll. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I would say content creator, but uh, 
I, I don't call myself a comedian. That's always a bar. I've been called a comedian before, but I've said if I'm not going to do that unless I've done stand up. But I, I would say if I needed to be specific, it'd be a comedy writer. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, I don't. Just again, to make sure everyone's okay with that? The dog's okay with that down here? Well, Ross will have questions later for sure. Okay, for sure. Um, he likes to wait for you to have your second drink, and then he really starts grilling you. Oh my gosh, um, I've already finished my first. That's okay. It's coming. It's okay, we'll get you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- and I, I only ask that because you know sometimes, depending on... Content creator is a vague term. Very vague. Um, but it's also... It's not it's, in, it's not like it's an accurate one, or it's right. not like... It, it doesn't have the, the connotation that influencer has to me yeah you know and, and that's not to say that there are i i know influencers i've had them on i'm friends with them mm-hmm. there's some really really good ones but influencer i think a lot of people think that, that means taking pictures of yourself mm-hmm. having a drink somewhere which i'm like most of them do do that but i mean uh, others don't and i don't think that's what an influencer actually is yeah. but it's um you do a lot of different things mm-hmm. you know when i go to your page when i've looked into the things that you've done this thing just what we've been talking about here yeah it, it's it's a wide array so i didn't know if you had a title that you like to give yourself because I'm sure you you encounter what you're doing right now. You encounter new people. Like, how do you kind of sell yourself? Yeah, selling myself it it definitely comes from uh, the aspect of you know my upbringing, being a homeschooled kid in Aurora around nobody and uh, having no friends <laughs> and being um, the youngest and my you know brothers moving out when I was. Uh, very young. So it, it was just one of those things where I wanted to find my niche in the world. And the one thing I could do is make people laugh. Like my mom would talk about be, me being a little kid and I would do something silly or something, you know, whatever. And then I would turn and look at everybody and I'd be like, you know, was that good? <laughs> like even as a little kid, I would like do a flip or something and turn and be like, how was that? Was that good? And I remember even being, I don't know, like eight or nine asked in like a Sunday school, like, what's your favorite thing? And I said, making people laugh. And that's always been the prevailing thing. Making people laugh breaks the ice. Making people laugh at you makes you more endearing, all those things. And then when I was getting older, I really analyzed what that looked like. I analyzed, uh, (laughs) I I watched uh, movie commentaries. I watched... Uh, interviews with SNL people. Like I, I, I really absorbed how to do this on purpose. You know what I mean? Less than making someone laugh just by doing something random and how to purposefully craft something like this. So thus, when I am in my adulthood now, that's what I try and do. I try and craft something that will make the person who understands the joke laugh and someone who doesn't understand the joke laugh or whatever it is that that comes to it that's my favorite thing to do is is making something and seeing people enjoy it i wish it was because i make a lot of like say tiktoks or whatever i wish i could see the people react to it right then and there like you and i right now we're looking at each other i wish that's how it was but unfortunately i gotta put it out there and just be like I hope somebody watches yeah, this. Yeah, I hope it and, hits, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I hope that they they find joy in it, and if they do, then that's the most gratifying uh, aspect of it. Yeah, I've a uh, uh, I know what you mean about the 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 comedy. It, it's tough to be able to kind of identify what you do, especially if you do something in front of a lot of other people mm-hmm. and you do a couple different things. Like when I do a live show, it's kind of like a variety show. Right. I have comics. I have musicians. I do 
stage work and then I interview people. So at the end of my last one, someone's like, dude, you're really good. When do you, when are your other sets? I'm like, I'm not a comic. Man. Right. Like what you saw was me fucking about on stage, but I, I'm not, a, I would never describe myself as a comic at all. Yeah. That's, that's just, to me, the distinction, and I know a lot of comics, was planning something in advance that's funny, which I mm-hmm. can't do. And that's why I, I, I don't want to call myself a comedian, because I I feel like doing stand-up comedy is the rite of passage. You know, a lot of people will talk about their early years, who you know as a sketch comic or a comedic writer, and all of a sudden they'll talk about oh yeah, I did a few sets here and there. And it always kind of circles back to that. And I think in my opinion, it is a rite of passage. I know a lot of comedians and I feel like it is a rite of passage. It is you writing something and you don't have someone else perform it. You don't film it and put it out and people watch it later. You write something and then you go up in front of people and you perform it and you see how much people enjoy you then. Like that's, that's the rite of passage. It's it's almost a hazing. Like you have to be hazed and you have to go up there and, and sell yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's just a different animal. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone can be funny, whether inadvertently or on (laughs) purpose in a moment. Right. Um, like I've had, uh, uh, yeah, I've had people like after show. I've had people that I know after like live shows. I'm like, hey, you know what? I could do that. Yeah, I've had so so many people just say, hey, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've done like nine shows, but uh, like four pod four podcasts and like five comedy shows. Like I don't perform, right? Just produce and put them out there. And uh, um, a friend of mine always will come up like, I could do that. I'm like, no, you couldn't. Yeah. You're not the funniest person in this conversation. <laughs> you can't do that. Like yeah. it's, there's no, cause like you see like a comic, even like a, a comic that's maybe a year or two in, that's mm-hmm. still kind of finding everything. And it's not clunky, but you're just like, it's not like what you are used to seeing. Like if someone that, that just really likes going comedy shows, but doesn't see local stuff and just sees fucking, you know, the Dave Chappelle name. on yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah. and shit like that. They're just like, you know, they go there. That's what they expect for a comedy show. And like, it's they're still trying to work out their sets and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that wasn't that good. I'm like, yeah. yes, but the key to a, a lot of that that I, I feel like, and I the very first comedy show that I did where I had like seven comics on, I saw this because the first guy went up there and I respected him so much because he ate shit for seven minutes and right. he, he never broke. He was never done. I'd have been like, Two minutes in, I was like, fuck this. Right. <laughs> but right, he thanks, stuck guys, through it. Yeah. Where there should have been laughter because of like the timing and the pausing and then boom, punchline. Yep. Nothing. Like that is daunting, exactly. man. Exactly. I mean, you ever been like with a group of your friends, you say something you think is funny and everyone looks at you like, that was Just, fucking dumb. Yeah. Now imagine doing that for seven straight minutes. To people you don't know. You don't have another chance That's with so all these so difficult, yeah. man. And yeah, but people will be like, I can do that. I'm like, how about this? I'll put you on next week. I know I know the guy that runs the open mic at LBT. Do you want me to get you in? They're yeah. Like, what? Well, Wednesdays are bad. Yeah. Like, Wednesdays yeah, they usually work. are. <laughs> I'm not funny on Wednesdays. Um, I, and it's similar <laughs> like that. I do a lot of sketch comedy. I've been doing that. Um, you know, we talked about Logan earlier. Him and I started doing... Uh, sketch comedy in my basement with my family's VHS camcorder when we were 11. Um, we were inspired by a lot of stuff, but specifically whitest kids, you know, uh, because oh, yeah. that, that we saw that on the TV and we had to sneak it because we weren't allowed to watch it. Uh, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but we, we watched that and it was the first time 
we were like, we could do this type of thing. So it, it started from there and it's continued throughout my life. And a lot of the people I've met through time, we've done sketches or whatever it is or any project, there's a sketch. Um, and it's similar where someone will be like, oh, I made a funny video or I made a funny TikTok or I made a funny whatever. And they show it and it's sure it's it's funny. But what they think is genius is not actually fully genius because they see other people do it and like, oh, I'll make something and it'll be really funny. It's like, mm, it's sometimes it is that easy. Sometimes somebody just has it. They know the character. They know the tone. Boom, it's right there. But a lot of people put those videos out and nobody laughs. Nobody likes it. Nobody, And that's the last video they do. And I, I think that's the biggest thing for comedians, comics, whatever it is, is falling on your face and knowing how to get back up. I do that all the time when I write something. I I have a message board in my own brain <laughs> that I go, yeah. okay, that that it probably didn't work well because of that moment that I didn't feel fully confident in. Or like you put something out and the edit, you're just like, I don't like this edit. I don't know. Maybe people will like it, but I don't like it. So let's just put it out and see if it, it works. Sometimes it it other people find comedy in it that I didn't see. That's cool. But most of the time, you know, it does medium to okay. And I go, it's because of that, that one joke, or it's because I didn't, you know, hit that punchline or the timing wasn't great. Like that's just, you got to consistently do that. And I think a lot of people think they can just do it and it'll be like what they just saw. They'll do it and it'll be just as funny. And because I'm funny, I'm a funny person like I talked about before, you got to craft it a little bit and yeah. it, it takes, it takes the magic away a little bit when you have to craft it and, and people don't like to take the magic away. Yeah. It, well, I mean, that's the, that's kind of like the, the double-edged sword. Like, you know, you're, you want to craft it and keep working it where it does. But like you said, some people don't like, I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Like how, like, I mean, you hear like some of the best comics in the world currently or in the past or mm -hmm. whatever, like people that would be in your top 10, if you had to name 10 best comics, like, you know, the rocks, the Chappelle's, the Carlin's, yep. like, and you hear them talk about it. They're like, we don't just go dormant for like a year and then do a special. Like we're in clubs, like that joke that you love so much. I worked on that for like fucking four months. Yeah. Because like you said, the timing, the delivery, when should I say this? Should I pause longer, pause less? The inflection, yeah. like that's what kind of like makes a lot of that funnier. And the the SNL season's going right now, and you'll hear this a lot when comics go on to do that. They'll do the monologue. Um, I don't know if people listen to the show Fly in the Wall, which is Dana Carvey and David Spade. Almost every single one of those comics, every single one of those past cast members who go on SNL, they will go on the stage on different comedy stores or wherever they want to go and they'll do their opening monologue because mm -hmm. it's that important to them. They're not just going back to the show and saying, I was here. I, everyone will know who I am. I'll just say whatever. And everybody will laugh. Like Jerry Seinfeld would go to small clubs and test out material before he does big things Yeah, that like it's hard work being funny sometimes. Actually, Jerry Seinfeld has a great uh, uh, quote where he talks about um, every everybody everything they do is 
torture in some kind of a way. I'm going to butcher this quote, but everybody does something in tor that's a little bit torturous to them. You have to find the torture that you can take, that you enjoy. And for it was said to him because he was talking about coming up with bits all the time. Everything's a bit. He's always thinking, could this be a bit? And someone was like, that sounds like torture. And that's what his response was. Well, this is the torture I, I can do. I, I can t go into a conversation and consistently think, is this going to be a comedy bit and analyze it? And that's what he can do. And that's, it's hard work being, be, oh, yeah. being funny. And I, I feel almost like, I don't know, like douchey saying that of like being funny is hard work, but that's what it, 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 you can't just turn it on all the time. And I think that's what's kind of caused me to have these flip flopping and changing course for myself and coming up with different projects and different things is I'm trying to find that niche to be funny again. It's, it no, isn't no. as easy as you just do something and everybody laughs. Like, no, you got to make your own trail. No, no that, 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 that makes complete sense. Like the, the, the hard work being funny is, is a legit thing. And the tortures, the torture goes back to what we were talking about, about that comic bombing for seven minutes. Mm -hmm. Cause most people in the population is like done. Mm -hmm. That gives like, didn't go the way I want. Try better tomorrow. That that's, torture but that's his process yeah but it's also it, it, it when you think about like what some of them have to do i the the only example what i think is the best example is andrew dice clay mm. because andrew dice clay that persona was a character he used to do on stage but it was so popular it became his entire it act became, and almost him and yeah. It, yeah then he was that guy in interviews exactly. and i think it helped him and then ultimately i think it kind of crashed down because we're like yeah, we saw that. Right. What else you got? And, you know? it, and, and then it's... you get to that point where it's like, but wait, you guys like this version of me. Yeah. And so this is me now. And it's like, you know, well, and that was eh. in like the 90s too, where there wasn't social media, so it wasn't oversaturated. But even then people kind of got sick of it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, th I, I think people would get super sick of it now mm -hmm. after, I mean, three months, but got it. Something else. Right. But I think with him, it, it worked. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not saying he's not funny. You know, comics love him. Comics are like, he's a legend. I, I never was that into it, but I understood from like a general public person why ultimately we're like, all right, we're all just going to move on. Right. Like, yeah. because it, we just, you know, we, we, I just think a lot of us just couldn't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was basically doing a care, but he was, being a character, it was, it was that job the whole time. He was trying to be funny the whole time. Well, think, like, this is so off the wall, but think about Larry the Cable Guy. Like, that's... It's a it, great example. He's not that person, but that's what he has to be every single time he went on stage, every time he hosted something, he had to be Larry the Cable Guy. Like... Fan interactions. If he ran into somebody, exactly. I mean, does he feel? I can see if he was like, I kind of feel right. obligated to be that guy, right? And I, I mentioned wrestling earlier, but that's how it is for wrestlers too. Uh -huh. Like you, the Undertaker was the Undertaker from pretty much his entire life. Anytime he saw someone, he had to pretend to be the Undertaker, and that's yeah. that's what it is for a lot of people. They 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 have to when they find something that works, they stick to that thing and that in and of itself is a little bit of torture i completely agree wrestling is a fantastic example um, yeah and wrestling is a fantastic example especially when it comes to podcasting because mm. i never thought i i watched wrestling a lot when i was a kid mm -hmm. I, I went to events i love going to events at the coliseum the when energy I was a kid. is great yeah it's amazing 
um, I got older and I just kind of fell out of it. And then for about eight months in college, I was really into it again with friends because it was like a th- where we all sit around on Monday and had fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And then I just kind of, but that was also like rock was coming up and that guy was a on a different level of terms Stone of how Cold good at that time. Yeah. And you bring up Stone Cold, that's kind of where I was going. His podcast is amazing. Amazing. I he wish- ha- I'm blown away by I am not even a wrestling fan. I know what's happening with wrestling. I know some of the wrestlers because they're also, but yeah. his podcast is quite good. He's a great interviewer. He's fantastic. He found something that, you know, it, it's like, even as someone who doesn't really pay attention to wrestling, it's interesting because he's so good at interviewing people mm-hmm. and he's level, he's fu- he's. Not, I don't want to say surprisingly funny, but obviously I didn't know who he was. I knew yeah. him as Stone Cold, but he's a, he's a, like a jovial kind of like just like a hey, you know, just kind of like a, a very laid back dude. But even then, he's not uh, Stone Cold. That's not no. who he is. He's on the podcast. He's a little bit more Steve Williams than he is Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin. But even him, he he's not a beer guzzling no. redneck dude. He he'll admit that he drinks wine. And yeah. just likes to have a chill time. Like that's 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 Steve. I think he's great. I think he's really really good. And and something I love about just showbiz and making stuff is that dichotomy of seeing what the person is truly like when they're not on, when they're not there themselves. And you know, I talked about celebration, um, Star Wars celebration a little bit ago, and that's kind of how it is when you meet. When you go, when there's a whole conglomerate of all these people that you, they all make videos, they make podcasts, they make whatever, and then you all come together and you're talking and you get to see, okay, this is how that person really is. This yeah. is how that, like, and I'm sure that's how it is for you with a live show and, and bringing people together for that too. There's that backstage mentality that I think, uh, you know, that's what brings people together. It's the camaraderie of, we all make stuff. We all have to put ourselves out there. And this is us being chill, talking about how we do that, and just being ourselves finally. And there's a camaraderie to let your guard down a little I, bit. I don't, that's the thing that I like the best about stuff like this and like live shows is the, is, you know, I, I don't do a lot of prep for these things. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I know who is coming over. I know what they do, but I want to get to know them and talk to them as we're, we're doing this. And, I've had some amazing. I've made friends through this, you know, right. like where I, I mean, I, I can think of like five, six people right now that are friends that I have just have dinner with. Yeah, you know, like we get done because it turns out because I'm like, hey man, I never thought I'd make friends after forty. You right. know, no, 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 yeah. you know. But then you start. But this is a good way to, you know, to get to know somebody that maybe you wouldn't get to know. Like I can't walk up to somebody and like a a bar and be like, hey man, I just cool coat like what are you into let's talk for an like, hour and off. a half yeah yeah no <laughs> you know that 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 wouldn't happen you know it's just and i i couldn't do that but yeah. this gives me a way to and even in a lot of ways reach out to people that i'm a fucking fangirl about mm-hmm. and talk to people i've had people be like why'd you have me i'm like because i fucking love yeah, i love your bar you yeah. i just want to talk to you about your bar i love your bar i think you sound like a cool guy i talked to you a couple you know weeks ago about you know your whiskey selection then we joked around about you know yeah. You know, about like you know like a, a funny movie that we all liked from the eighties, and then I'm like, I just want to talk more about this. Yeah. That's it. And I mean, a big instance of that is, you know, when you strip down and you have that conversation with people that you admire. W- what I kind of got into 
doing creative stuff that a lot of people would see was the music scene. I did mm, inter- I started so out doing interviews with bands and a lot of those people were people I listened to. People I listened to like all the time and now I'm I'm sat there or stood there talking to them about music. There's a there's a different aspect of that when you admire the people that you are working with and talking to and everything like that. And oh my gosh, like I'm sure you understand this as well. There's another t- form of uh, of pressure that's get gets turned on when you're like, okay, I really yeah. not only do I want to make this person look good, I want to make myself look good to the listener and to the person I'm talking to. Like there's there's all these pressures that hit you at at all totally. different ways. I very it, much agree. It comes from this microphone being on, the camera being on. Uh, going back to people who think they can just do this. You know, because they're good at talking or, or personable or whatever. Dead air. Dead air. <laughs> once you turn that that light on, once you have the microphone on, the camera on, all of a sudden, a lot of those things it's strip hard. away and people start to go like, um, I, don't, I don't know what to say. It's hard. It right. really, it, like, it's not, you think having a conversation with somebody is hard, but then throw in, you don't know who they are at all. Every single person that comes over here, I don't know. Some people, and I've had it happen very few times, thank God, but who are really hard to pull shit out of. Yeah. You know, they're just not, you know, and they're nervous too, and that's fine. Right. You know, like some of the, the some of my favorite people are people at the end, like, I was so nervous. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah. I just love that you're, you, you took it the same way I took it. Like, there have been people that are in the chair you're in right now. Yeah. Um, not you, because we started off all right off the bat with like, you know, it's always sound like he'll be fine. Always sound like Flight into of the Concords. Yeah. yeah. We're talking you walk about in like a great poster. I'm like, and I'm relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'll be honest. Me too. And I like, let's strip that away. I'll be honest. I was nervous about coming here. I was nervous about talking. It's, and that's what I guess we're circling back to the, the camaraderie. It's the nerves and pushing through the nerves. And I think that's where the camaraderie comes from a lot of people where it's like you'll you'll have a conversation with somebody or you'll do a video with somebody or whatever it is. And the second they say, I was really nervous about this, you can be like, I was really nervous. You're about on the it. same level. Like, so oh my gosh, speak. like we, yeah. we can strip away yeah. a lot of this and we're 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 nervous, but now we're 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 buds, we're I've friends. Had, hey, I've had somewhere like uh when Doug Tratner was here. I don't know why. Like, we had the funniest, goofiest exchange on Twitter, which is how we ended up yeah. here, where he's like, hey, man, just FYI, there's a typo in your bio. I'm like, God <laughs> damn, I'm an idiot. And uh, but he and I just, he was awesome. Yeah. Like, he was. Like, before we started, he's like, I have a beer. I'm like, of course. Hand him a beer. He's like, I don't like this one. Can I have another beer? I'm like, yes. I hand him another one. He ended up drinking both of them. Then he drank the whiskey. And then he hung out for like 40 minutes afterwards, and we just kind of bullshitted. But I was so nervous during... Before, during, even after, when we weren't even recording, I was nervous. When Mikey Silas was here, and Mikey is just like just an absolutely beautiful person. He's so nice and cool yeah. and fun. But I was nervous, you know, because he's like that guy in the music scene that everyone kind of looks to. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's it's not like he's an old guy, he's a young guy, but he's still like for some reason almost like the godfather of the music community. Like mm-hmm. people respect him. The guys from LBM on the restaurant side, they yes. all respect them and like them yes. and like. So like I was, I'm still, I think maybe that's what's cool about it. I still am nervous about a lot of these things. And that's, that's what I think is uh, uh, commendable for people is their 
nerves and pushing through the nerves. I, I, I mean, I think if you guys, wow, you guys see, this is the thing. When I did a podcast, I would talk to the the listener like they were in the room as well. So that you guys was to them. So you guys listening right now, if you have somebody that you think is the pinnacle, if you think is the uh, epitome of a star, try and find an interview with them, like a podcast like this or whatever, you'll hear that they are insecure, that they are nervous, that they go to their director and ask them a bunch of questions. Like uh, uh, talking Star Wars, Adam Driver, who's like one of the Mm -hmm. biggest actors right now, he would talk to J.J. Abrams till 3 a.m. sometimes about just one scene because that's what we do. We are nervous. We want to do the best job we can. Not everybody is, you know, a diva who just comes in and says, all right, whatever I say, that's what we're doing. And I'm out of here. A lot of people, even at the highest rankings are concerned and they're worried and they're afraid. And then the people that surround them are the people that lift them up to reach that greatness. Hell yeah. And that never, I don't know for a lot of people that never stops. Right. And and I think people, movie magic is a thing that's gets thrown around, but that's what it is to a lot of people because they don't see all the steps. Every, you know, just one little thing that seems magical, there's three people that made that little thing happen. And that's what I love about, like I mentioned before, I love commentaries. I love behind the scenes stuff because it's like I want to hear how this happened. One of the best commentaries you can listen to is the Napoleon Dynamite commentary or the Nacho Libre commentary. And I'm not even joking. It is Jared Hess, someone who's much like me, very sheltered person growing up, talking about making his movie in the most realist, uh, awkward sense of the way. Just He's just talking about, I just love this actor. I just love this moment. This was concerning, like just him talking so real about it. And uh, those two commentaries are what I point people to is like, if you want to watch a commentary that you'll laugh at and get more into Nacho Libre uh, uh, and Napoleon Dynamite. Those are things where people are just grassroots figuring stuff out. Even Jack Black in the Nacho Libre one, even he is like going back to square one, talking about in the commentary, just like, I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I just asked Jared, what would you do? And he just told me and I did it. Like, that's how it is. And you hear people's real behind the scenes stuff of what you see on the screen. 40 old virgin for me. Oh, for real? Yeah, with Steve Carell. The and- um, the I, I have not joking around either. I have rewatched the 40 old virgin with the cast commentary mm. easily seven times. Is who's on that? Is it? It's uh, all of it. Paul Rudd, Romney Malco, who is so criminally underrated mm-hmm. for a comedy actor or actor in general. Yeah. He's so funny. But it, it's it's all of them. Carell's on there too. And this is also, keep in mind, this is before Steve Carell is Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. This is really even kind of before Paul Rudd is what he is now. Exactly. He yeah. was well known and I knew Paul Rudd and I liked Paul Rudd, but he he's a monster now, obviously. And then Romney, it, they're just like Seth Rogen's on it before Seth Rogen yeah, was Seth Rogen. They're, they're just and they're them. just joking around talking about making mm-hmm. the movie and every scene like, you know what's funny? Oh, Jane Lynch was also on it too. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, they're just like, uh, uh, there's an absolutely brilliant part in this, in in the comment. Like the commentary, honestly, 
is as funny as the movie. Yes. Where Jane Lynch, because they're they're like, hey, Jane is the only woman here. How was this? Like, they're doing the speed dating scene when that girl's breast falls out. Yep. And like, Jane, is that too much? She's like, nah, I fucking love it. Right. Because <laughs> right. they're all kind of in the same boat about just like, we just want this to be entertaining for people. And you're throwing stuff up there, and not everybody is confident about every single thing they do. And you're no. just asking, like, how And they this? talk about yeah. that. And that, like, with Napoleon Dynamite and a lot of that stuff, like, you'll hear them talk about this came like okay here's a good example in napoleon dynamite for people who have seen it uh the scene at the beginning where the person shoots the cow in the head after the or not it's not, it's about midway through the film but where the school bus is pulling up and the person shoots the cow in the head to make uh steaks uh for people who haven't seen the movie it's not gruesome or anything like that um that happened to uh, the director's little brother. He was waiting for the bus, and the person who was there to butcher their cow killed the cow as the bus pulled up. And it's little things like that, like I mentioned before. I keep saying that. I mentioned before. I mentioned earlier. But it's true. It's the, it's how to keep your eyes open to those funny moments, to those funny things that then you can pull from years later and, and put it in a movie that will make countless people laugh. And that's, I just love that specific magic of movies. Do you have like parts in movies and in, in, in television shows that they're, they're almost like the underrated, underappreciated parts that you almost feel like just you notice and it's still, for some reason, it's the funniest thing that you remember about the entire thing? I have so many of those. I'm trying to think of it that it's it's a little bit too hard because as I mentioned, I am, I was a homeschool kid. And oh, I'm sorry, were your siblings homeschooled too? Yes. Okay. Uh, I know if it was like an experiment where your parents like, let's just do this last one. Let's, see just, what happens. The, let's just make this last one weird. <laughs> let's just see what happens. No, the uh, all of us were homeschooled. My middle brother went to high school and that's that's it. That's the home. That's the schooling we had in our family was uh, my middle brother. But um, when you're, you know, alone in the middle of nowhere, basically watching just a bunch of stuff. It's always the little things that you pick up on. And I think that's why those types of comedies uh, resonated with me or shows. And um, when it comes to like a, a small moment of comedy, I think those kind of exist in dramas or things that aren't supposed to be funny. I, I find those little aspects of comedy in things that are meant to be serious or meant to be good but turn out to be bad. I mean, The Room is a major, like, it's, it's the oh bad movie God. of all bad movies, but I've watched so many bad movies in my time, uh, like The Octagon with Chuck Norris and whatever. Like, it's the bad movies that turn out. I know Who Killed Me with Lindsay Lohan is a brilliant Oh, for real? Movie. Who a killed? brilliant bad movie. Oh, right, because it's the whole thing of. My wife made me watch it, because we went through, like, a bad movie kick. She's like. yes. This one. And I, we got to the end of that. I was like, that movie was so bad. I was on the edge of my seat to see how they were going to fucking finish yeah, this yeah. thing. It's so bad. Me, me and my partner, Taryn, were watching the uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, the George Clooney. I and like the, Batman Forever. I, uh, Batman Forever. I think it's we, great. We just watched it. And I was like, this is a good movie. It's a very it's good movie. good movie because you can watch it and see okay, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, a lot of these things. Like, I, I can see that they're... Like, Jim Carrey is just chewing up the scenery 
110%. And that, so to answer your question, it is, uh, okay. One of my, my favorite movies is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And that whole film is filled, it's not a, a smack you in the face, it's a comedy, but that whole film is filled with th little tiny things that people say or do or facial expressions for people who have seen the movie when uh, they're in the theater watching the, the picture and uh, Delmar is uh, seeing Pete is alive for the first time. And he's trying, Delmar is trying to tell Pete with all of his might that we thought you were a frog. And, and Pete just says, what? Silently, because he can't comprehend what he's telling him. We thought you was a frog. And he's just like, what? You do got to watch that one a couple of times. Like that like, that's is a so funny. Is that because you're watching the movie and you don't really understand from the other character's perspective, him saying, we thought you was a frog is the weirdest thing that you could be saying right now. I've been locked up. He doesn't know that the other characters think he was killed or is dead or anything. <laughs> he just thinks I need to tell them don't seek the treasure. But now the only thing that I'm getting returned with is we thought you was a, I, th I think it was, you. we thought you was a toad. And he's like, what? Like those little things that, that, I'm always trying to search for is like when I'm writing scripts or whatever else, it's like, read the script. All right. Did you think it was funny? Okay. But think about this line is said like this and think about the characters wearing this. Like it's those little things that you try and pick out that really make a film and endear people to it. Th that's why writing's always been kind of hard for me is because I don't hear, I don't, it's not the line for me a lot of times. Mm -hmm. It's how you say it. Like, right, exactly. It, and this is a, I, some people might think it's a dumb example. I think it's a very good example. <laughs> if I take a person from Akron and I take a person from London and give them the exact same line, for some reason, the British one's going to be funnier. Yep. I don't know why. It just is. Yes. It, 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 it just is. But for me, like that movie is uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm -hmm. That movie to me is, beginning to end fucking brilliant it's like they're all joking around with each other like jack burton played by uh, uh kurt russell mm -hmm. is has such a has to play a macho version of himself and i think the entire movie he does that and i think that's part of the joke yes where he's so he so much wants every other character in the movie to understand he's macho, he's manly. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Don't worry about it. That's one of the most amazing things about it when he just leans back. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he just leans back. He's like, it's all in the reflexes, which is such an 80s right. dude action movie thing to say, but it's almost like in jest. He's like, fuck, everyone knows I didn't mean to do that, but I have to pretend like I meant to do that. Like, and that that movie's brilliant to me for that because it has everything. It has that. It has, I think, the best sword fight of all time. <laughs> it's funny. It has Kim Cattrall because I think still to this day, 80s women are the hottest for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's scary because there's some fucking scary shit yeah. in there too. It has Kung Fu, which is brilliant. It just has everything that I, I want in a movie. Well, it's, that's that's the comedy of uh, Fly of the Concords with the character Dave. He, oh, he Dave's character in Fly of the Concords, the only thing he wants is for everybody to think he's the coolest. He's get the, he gets the most babes. 
all that stuff. And then for the viewer, what you see is, oh, he doesn't get any of that. He lives with his parents. He lives with his parents. <laughs> he's not actually cool. He's not actually tough. He probably doesn't have sex as much as he talks no. about. And that's that's the comedy in it is the the macho man persona that is very obviously just a facade. And he's mainly projecting us on the two people because in his mind, he's like, they're from New Zealand. They're not from the States. They don't know. They don't yeah. know that I'm not cool. I'll just tell them shit and they'll believe it. There's one, and I'll butcher the line where he's like, I get what you're saying, man. Like two girls the other night, they were like, give it to me hard. And I was like, I did it. Yeah. And that was the joke. The, the joke was <laughs> so that, I just did. that he was, he talked about honesty being the best policy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other night I had two girls. They both were like, Dave, we want to we wanna do you so bad. And you know what? I was like, honestly, I want to do you too. And I just gave it to him hard. Yeah. And that's why honesty is the best and policy. They, and they like go to him for like advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which everyone else is just like, that ain't true. <laughs> you can tell that's not true, but they, the other characters yeah. are like, okay, wow. All right. It's really Dave good. Dave gets chicks. <laughs> Dave gets so many chicks. That's the best. Also, the best part of that, the best part of that show, I, I, it's, there's so many greats, but the one <laughs> is when they were, when they were, Almost having a threesome with quote unquote contest winners. Yes. And they're in the bathroom talking about who's gonna be with these two chicks. Yes. And Britt's like, Have you ever uh you ever had a threesome? He's like, Oh, no, almost. I've had a twosome. I had a twosome. And Britt's like, Oh, what was what's that, that like? like? And he's like, No, wait, I've had one of those. No, hold it's on, just wait, two wait. people. Oh, okay. So it was just you and then another wait, hold on. No, Did I've had a twosome. Like, wait, I've had that. I've had a twosome. <laughs> it's so good. There's there's a comedy to Speaking a language that the care only the characters can speak. Yeah, and it's sort of like Always Sunny. They they are in their own little world that they make sense to each other, but everyone else you meet they don't make sense to. No, and especially for Always Sunny, you begin to side with the people that don't make any sense. Like Charlie, Charlie, I no, you should listen to Charlie. He's the right person in this scenario. But if it was in real life, you wouldn't side with this crazy person because he's talking about eating glue and catching rats. Like, But when you're watching the show, you're, you're rooting for him. You're speaking yeah. the language that, that only they can speak. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's completely. Especially with It's Always Sunny is a great example because – Anytime you have like a show like that, it's kind of an ensemble show. Yes. I don't know what I don't know how many characters you need for it to be an ensemble <laughs> show. Like I think of like Thirty Rock as like an ensemble show, right? But like uh, for for them, like my my favorite character has shifted every single, almost like every three seasons. Yep, it was obviously Charlie to start, and then it was D when when it was all the whenever D impersonates a drunk person, it's yes. the funniest thing I've ever seen. When, when the gang solves the, the, the North Korea situation oh and she shows up hammered. Yes. It's so funny that it became Dennis during the Dennis system years. Then it became Mac when Mac finally would admit that he's gay, where yep. he'd been gay for five seasons. And yep. the whole cast is just like, yeah, you're gay. Like, we no, we don't care. Gay. Yeah. That's, and also what makes it funny is that you think because of how horrible that these people are, they're all like, we don't give a shit that you're gay. Just our biggest problem with you is that you won't admit it. And Frank <laughs> and he keeps flip flopping. Frank is the baseline. Yeah. He's the one who kind of just 
stays similar yeah. or the same throughout and just kind of dun 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 dun. I like that they also even addressed at the uh, how out of control Frank's character was getting. Yes. Where um like in uh what when uh, uh what was it? When um their aunt D and uh, uh Dennis's aunt dies and yes. they go to the funeral and he's like, I'm gonna get real weird with it. That's when the snail came into it. And they were in the car like, you're really going off. Like They addressed, which I love, that the character itself was getting fucking insane. Too much. He was Way too much. Because he wasn't like that in the first like two or three seasons. No. Would I be able to use the bathroom? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Here, I'll okay. pause it. So I know you got a lot going on. I know, you obviously, you, I, we talk about like the things that you've done, the things mm-hmm. that you do. Because again, w- with all the different kind of variety that's kind of in your bio so to speak right the, the, there is a lot a which little is, too much variety yeah i get it hey i i i i don't know you know i think there's an argument there of uh you know i know people that do too much i know people that don't do enough like i think you got to be consistent for yeah. sure um and consistent in terms of release not not in terms of what you're doing mm-hmm. um i think you can do too much but i mean that's something you can kind of talk about there because it's but so what are you kind of working on now and like, like, like what's next so what I'm working on right now is a Magic the Gathering uh, brand called the Pillow Fort. And the Pillow Fort is uh, a term in magic when you have a deck that kind of builds itself up. It has some good walls. It kind of keeps everybody away. And you just kind of do your own thing behind a Pillow Fort, right? So this was something I started with uh, one of my closest friends, Megan, way back in like 2015, uh, she was just coming off of being in a really big uh, Magic the Gathering uh, YouTube channel and then broke off and we did this thing together. And then all these years later, I decided to bring it back once uh, things slowed down with Chatter Squadron and everything else. I sort of uh, just was like, all right, I love magic. I, I fell off kind of like you did with wrestling. I fell off. And then I came back hard with Magic the Gathering, and um, I brought back the Pillow Fort, and you can find it on uh, YouTube and TikTok specifically. Um, But it is very, like you said, it's very similar to what I was doing with Star Wars and what I was doing with Mm -hmm. band interviews and those types of things is I always want there to be some type of positivity behind things. And Chatter Squadron, my Star Wars show, the tagline was your weekly dose of Star Wars fun and positivity. And that's sort of what I want with the pillow fort is making ma- it, the The tagline is making magic more accessible to everybody in the fort. And pillow fort's a brilliant name. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that name. And when, when people come into the fort, when they watch a sketch, when they watch a video where I break down cards, whatever I, I do, I want people to understand it and feel like they have their place in it or they get the joke or they get the idea of what I'm trying to convey with a magic mechanic or whatever it is. I just want it to feel like when somebody watches it, they get it and they feel welcomed in that uh, scenario. Go back to magic mechanic. Explain that. So magic, the gathering, I don't know if you ever had a phase with magic. A lot of people have had uh, scrapes with magic, the gathering, but never really fully dove into it, or they dove into it and are it's an addiction. It's called cardboard crack for a reason. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, obviously, I know of it, but right. no, not no experience. But I think you're right. I think it's one of those things that I'll, you either 
are hardcore in or right. you're you have no idea. So a mechanic in Magic the Gathering could be something as light of uh lifelink. When somebody when a creature hits somebody or something, you gain the life that that dealt damage. There's little things like that, or there's an, a mechanic that is very complex that you could build an entire deck around. So when new mechanics are introduced, I like to try and dive headfirst into it, understand it, and then translate it to people in a way that they can understand. And that's where that came from was for me. It came from me uh, being confused by some things and wishing, I, I wish somebody would just tell me this straight up. Like, this new thing does this. And then I was like, well, what if I did that? And that's kind of what was the genesis of bringing the pillow fort back. That's a cool idea. That I think I think with a lot of things that are, are, are like kind of foreign to people that, that do have a level of complexity to mm -hmm. them. I think a lot of the, the the apprehension or like your delay in even getting involved is, I just don't think I can pick up on what's going because uh, right. there's a lot of layers to it. Right. So I, that's a good idea, and and that's the big thing when it comes to getting into magic. And I, uh, almost like how I was with Star Wars, I'll never pitch somebody to get into it. Right. Like you can check it out, you can see if you like magic or not. I can't pitch it being the greatest game of all time. I think it is, but other people might not think it's that. However, I can tell you it's one of the greatest games of all time. And the complexity of it and the simplicity of it at the same time allows so many people to have so much self-expression. I have so many decks and a lot of them come from a basic idea that I build off of. One of them is called Spirits in Cars. And every time I announce it, when I before I play it, I sing it like Cars, the song. Spirits in Cars. And it's just about... Gary Noonan or Fear Factory, depending on which one you like. Or even that one little uh, stint where he did uh, Spirits... Or he did Spirits in Cars. He did uh, Cars with Nine Inch Nails. So there's... But that's what I mean is it's about making spirits and it's about vehicles and then the spirits get in the vehicles and drive them. Like, that's the whole point of the deck. And that is such a niche thing. But my point is that so many people can find their niche into it. If it's just one little niche, or it's, I'm going to try and make all these different decks and make all of them work. It's very uh, uh, inviting, the game. Because there's... I don't know. I think there's something like 30 or 40,000 magic cards. Oh. And what I play, the format, and most people play, is called Commander. And it's all built around everybody uh, finding their own uh, voice in what they want to make out of the game. Some games are all just politics and you can make deals with people. Some games is I'm just going to control the board and try and kill everybody. Commander is special because it's four players. So when there's four players, one person can get off to a lead and the other three players can talk to each other, right? It's That's how it works. Hey, uh, they're kind of going out of control. Can you remove that? Yeah, I'll remove that. Can you attack them once I remove that? Yeah, I'll attack them with that stuff. And then can you remove that? Yeah, sure. And then in one turn rotation, that person's back down. 
And now it's a level playing field and people can get back to playing the game. It's almost like a board game that you bring a quarter of the game to every time you sit down with people. It's what, like Monopoly, yeah. but it's like, all right, here's my version of Monopoly that I'm going to add to the the board here. And that's how you play it. And I think that that's the allure of it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the detriment of it. Yes. And what I mean by that is because when you explain that, I think people are just like, that's so involved, but if you actually commit and get involved, you're you're into it because of how much you can yeah. play such a factor in the game. Does that make sense? A hundred and ten percent. And here's what I will preach to people is that magic is inside of all of us. And now I just want to sit with that cringe for a second and then move on. Magic is inside of all of us because on the back of a magic card here, and I have one I for us brought, to see. Yeah. Um there's five colors, and there's five colors in magic. There's white, blue, black, red, and green. And they are in a specific order that makes sense to the game. White is opposed to black. White is opposed to red. Black is ambition at all costs. Red is chaos and uh, a passion. White is control, loyalty, those types of things. They oppose each other. White and blue is right next to each other. Blue is perfection. White and blue kind of link up together, right? Perfection, loyalty, they like to to match up. So what would you do if white, blue, and red met? Now red's the, the outlier. And why I say that magic is inside of all of us is you can actually take a quiz online, much like maybe... Uh, uh, like an avatar, what's your bending quiz? Or a Harry Potter, what's your house quiz? You can take a what's your color identity quiz and see where you fall. And after I took that and looked, I took the quiz, I looked at my decks and I was like, whoa, I am falling in the line of all of those colors that this quiz says I am. And that's what I think will bring more people in is understanding where they land within the game because when you're confident in what you have and what you bring to the table you don't you're not too concerned about what other people are bringing you're here to have a good time with what you know that you enjoy and that's what you know the color identity the understanding the mechanics all those things it just brings confidence when you sit down and like i said bring the quarter uh, board of life when you're going to sit down for a, 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 a board game night and it's like, hey, I'm bringing my half of Clue. Okay, well, what does all that entail? You feel confident when you do that. No, that's everything kind of reinforced what I, I, I said. I think mm-hmm. I think there are people that are turned off by how complicated it is, oh, but yeah. once they're in, they're like, now I get it. <laughs> it's almost like you're in on a... It's it's an inside joke that yes. you want it, but you're and you're afraid you're not going to get it, and then you get into the joke. You're like, I got it, I'm in, fuck yeah. it. And especially like the game is designed around people explaining it to you. Um, I every single time, and I play with people who have played for over a decade. Every time I play Magic, there's always a question of how does this work, and it's just a minute pause. We Google it, we do whatever, and we find it. If you find these people when you play Magic who are like, no, this is wrong, you're wrong, whatever, I'm just going to play my turn, 
those aren't the the vast majority of magic players vast majority of magic players will break it down for you or if they don't know let's google it let's call a judge if there's a judge around like let's figure it out it's a very welcoming community it is called magic the gathering and it's the main basis for it is the gathering we want people to get together and play this game it's not about just i'm gonna come i'm gonna pub stomp everybody i'm gonna win i'm gonna leave it's like let's all sit down and have a good time together that's sure. the main point well even like that and, and i think that again is is it kind of a detriment where you're like okay so even people that have been playing it for 10 years <laughs> like like no one that plays basketball has to google something <laughs> right, after no. 10 years and be like no am i allowed to do that like that's what i mean right but again once you're into it you're fucking into it. Exactly. And and that's what I mean is you're not, uh, say, like you were saying with basketball, you don't stop the entire game and say, hey, guys, wait a second. Was that a foul? I need to check. Yeah. Magic the Gathering is kind of like you just continue with your turn and I'm going to Google it. And at the end of the day, half of the time is do we all agree that this card just kind of does that if we can't find a, yeah. uh, an answer? And everyone says, yeah, sure. Then that's the rule. Yeah. The, we could all be wrong, but we're just happy to say, okay, it does that. Sure. All my creatures but, died, whatever. I don't care. And I do want to, I want to clarify. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing for the, 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 the don't get into this. Right. I, I really like things like this. I like, especially after a certain point in life, age wise, whatever, I think it's good to do things like this, this or anything else. I think hobbies are amazing, mm -hmm. um, especially a hobby you can really get into. Yeah, I, I've had this conversation with so many people where it's you know, especially now you know, kind of having a kid. You know, you're like you don't want to get into where you are. You have to in the beginning, obviously, because you really don't want that kid to die. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. but it's a, it's easy to get into a, you know, wake up kid work kid eat go to sleep mm -hmm. and and that's some people are fine with that there's nothing wrong with that i'm not somebody that is okay with that me and my wife both even we were talking before we were talking about you know having a kid we're mm -hmm. like but we need other stuff yeah we can't do that we're not gonna be able to do that yeah it's not it's not us it's not it's just not the way we'd be able to do that or not having a kid you don't want to just wake up go to work go home eat and that's it, yeah. Yeah, you need these types of things. I think anything like this is good. A, a lot of people will say this, that magic makes them a better person, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, like I said, with Commander, it's a four-player format. And, Sometimes and I'll say, I don't know much about this, but I also agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. It's a positive thing to get into that you can kind of use your brain, meet people, talk to people. This is a yeah. good thing. And especially in, in this type of format, it's not just you versus another person and I'm going to try and kill you. You're going to try kill me. That's it. Some decks I have because it's a multiplayer format. It is about what's going to be fun. What's going to be funny. Let's make a deck that's funny. Let I play this card and it makes a bunch of, uh, pigs. All of your creatures are now pigs. Like, what, like there's little things, like there's so many things you can do. Decks that you can just give away your cards and they're bad cards, but now people have to play with your bad cards. Yeah. Like there's a lot of self-expression that comes with this. 
And I really do think that, like I've mentioned before, finding that that color identity, quote unquote, is so important. Because when I started, I was playing with a bunch of people who had played for a couple years. And I don't know. I had no idea what I wanted to play, what I wanted to do. And I just bought some pre-cons, bought some uh, pre-constructed decks, bought some cards. And they were all cards that now me you know, a decade later would never play. But for some reason, I was just like, I don't know, I'll get this one, I'll get that one. And it took maybe six months or so to finally find, oh, I like mischievous stuff. Like I like, I like stuff that curses people and uh, they, they have all these issues and I give them these issues or cards that, that if you get rid of this card, it does something bad to you. Like I like that type of stuff. And I didn't know that until I started playing. Um, so I always encourage people to give a couple different colors of magic a try to really see like, okay, I liked playing this deck, but I really like playing that deck. And that pushes people in a, in a different direction. And that's, I guess, what I mean by making the pillow fort uh, and magic a more inviting place for people is giving people some info in a fun way that they can then use to enjoy the game more. And, and to piggyback off of that with becoming a better person by playing this game, it just makes you use your brain. It makes you come become more in touch with yourself and communicate with other people around you more. You have to be respectful. That's a wildly underrated concept. Yes. Too. It really, really is. I think uh, obviously the last 10, 15 years, social media and then COVID made it way worse. Oh, big time. Is we're very into, you know, and I worry about young people, younger people. Mm -hmm. I, I, I truly do. I said younger people because I, I want to include us. That <laughs> but I mean, I, I worry about that. Like you, you look at like studies of of what's happening with people that are just, especially again after the pandemic, younger people in school, what it did to them. Like the they are disassociated. Like yep. I mean, you need to be able to interact with people. You have to interact with people. Like that's mm -hmm. my biggest fear. Having a kid is like, man, I just I. It, obviously, I want him to be healthy and all the other shit. My biggest fear, it's so weird, I, I want him to have a friend. Right. You know, like that. that's – and things like this I think are really, really good, mm -hmm. especially for people that are maybe a little bit older or, you know – Socially awkward. Socially awkward. Maybe yeah. they've been through a divorce mm -hmm. and they don't know how to meet people. Like, you know, I've – like when you talk about like somebody that's maybe like north of 35. Right. And maybe they're single. You know, it doesn't mean that they're bad, obviously, but – Maybe they don't like going out. Maybe they, they don't like going to bars. Maybe they don't drink. Maybe maybe there's a lot of things that aren't like that that would normally maybe make their integration in a kind of meeting. And I'm, I'm not talking about dating. Right. Just having someone in your life. Socialize. You know, yes. Yeah. Like those are things that are kind of difficult, I think, for a lot of people. And it's only getting worse <laughs> because of how easy it is to not talk to people. Yeah. So I, I truly do like stuff like this. And... and I, I, I've done it so many times in my life. I've sat down with brand new players this is their first time playing magic. And I love walking them through this. Mm. I love saying, okay, well, this does this, this does that, you know, this, someone else is taking their turn and I'm leaning over to them saying, okay, well, what they just did was this and this, you don't have to worry about that necessarily, but you'll probably want to worry about that. Like, it's the shoulder to shoulder, almost like we talked about 
with camaraderie in the comedy scene. It's the camaraderie of somebody does something crazy and everyone else uh, at the table is like, we got to do something about that. Like yeah. I, that's going to kill us all. And you guys all work together and you make, uh, you know, you change the game for yourself and it does help with socializing, especially commander because everybody has to talk to each other. You're not just one V one doing your thing. All three of us are playing something. And if someone's going out of control, we can do something about it. You can say, yes, I'll help you. You can also say, no, this is that what they're doing. It's not really affecting me. See, so I, think, I would like to see you guys figure I that out. I think that's the key to it too. It's mm -hmm. people that have been doing it for a long time Yeah, to kind of be more welcoming to it. Like cause I've done things like, so I'm, I am closing in on nine years in jujitsu now. Oh yeah. And when I started, I'll admit it was rough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's rough now. It's it's not a, it's not that it's not a friendly sport, but it's not an easy sport. Right. But when I started, you know, it wasn't like it is now, mm. where uh, it's not as welcoming. No, I don't yeah. think I spoke to anyone for my first six months. <laughs> right. You know, I was just like, Christ, I'm just getting the shit kicked out of me. So, and I think a lot of us that are more experienced now see a new. You know, we may get a point to say, hello. You're going to have a lot of questions because this is super hard. Yeah. It's very complicated yeah. and it fucking sucks. Right. <laughs> but we love it. I don't know why we just do. Mm -hmm. So let us know if you have any questions. We're happy to help you. It's very complicated. So I, I when you were saying that, I was thinking about things like that. Taking somebody that you, you can almost see like the complexity in their eyes. Like, what? What? No. What? Right. What does it do? I ah, fuck it. That's how people kind of move out of things and just go to the winging lizard. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, because it's 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 the, so to kind of pull someone up like you're gonna have questions. Let me know what you're not sure about because a lot that's of, helpful. A lot of people go into this, and I think a lot more people will be moving into magic even casually because, like for me, I love dragons. Growing up, when I first started playing magic, I wanted to play dragons. That was just a thing. You can play goblins, fairies, uh, unicorns. You can play uh, uh, soldiers. You can do all these different random things that, like, someone might just watch something and be like, I like, you know, this random fantasy element from Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is in magic now. There was a whole Lord of the Rings set. You know, like, if somebody came in and was like, man, I really like Mordor and the orcs and the goblins and all that, it's like, perfect. There's literally endless amounts of cards in that you can make an orc, even a Mordor-themed deck. That is all within Magic the Gathering, but it's spreading even more. I'm sure a lot of people like uh, Jurassic Park, Transformers, Doctor Who, like I said, Lord of the Rings. Those are all four properties that have had Magic the Gathering cards made recently legal cards that you can play and make decks around uh, a transformer deck that is possible and i think as time goes on there's going to be more and more of that that people will just be like i just want it on my mantelpiece i want like a a lord of the rings deck box even just on my mantelpiece so i'm just going to buy some magic stuff and that will be a gateway for them to be like, I mean, I, I'll give it a shot. I'll play with the deck once or twice. Yeah. And it's our duty as magic players to, when they sit down, to be like, I know you just played Aragorn. That's super cool. That's cool. We need your help to take on this thing. And that's where 
we need to be welcoming and create a community around those types of people. I very much agree. Yeah. I think anything like this you have to it it can't it can't be almost elitist where no. where you're like, oh you don't get it. Well can like gatekeeping, no thank it, you. It can't be where you, you feel like you I'm sure there's a lot of people and a lot of different things that want to get into stuff and they don't because and not that because it's the way that it actually is in that society or that group. Right. But you know, th- that's what people think it might be like if they try to get into it. Mm-hmm. So it definitely has to be welcoming and you want to kind of expand it because it is still like what you're talking about is still very – there's 100% a market for it and mm-hmm. people for it. But it is still a specific group of people. Because you don't want someone to be a D&D fan and yes. they buy a yeah. D&D – magic pre-con and just say uh, i don't i would never play with it because i don't know how to play mm-hmm. it's like nope take it out of the box right now we're gonna play and trust me you're gonna feel fine with it yeah um but no i i highly suggest everybody to at least look into it see what you might like see what you're interested in even you uh i i there's this card here that it has your name written all over it. So I wanted to give you a gift of this card. Sweet. Um, go ahead and turn it around. There you go. Burden of Guiltless. Uh, it's oh, my goodness. For, it's for sure. <laughs> that that card, that magic card I just gave you, it's build, Burden of Guiltless. 110%. No one wrote L-E-S at, at the end of guilt or anything. But that card, like, see, it's calling your name Magic the Gathering. You should give it a shot. Also, I find women like this so attractive. Like I do, <laughs> grieving so women, cool. grieving women. Yeah. Well, not I, maybe the 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 dress, not necessarily her <laughs> her emotional state. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there you go. That's my gift to you. Uh, grab an action, list. defend the gate. I would love to grab an action, defend the gate. See what I mean? Oh. Um, and like that, that plane, they're called planes, the different worlds. This is amazing. That plane <laughs> is, uh, like eldritch horror plane. It has zombies, werewolves, uh, uh, vampires. They all exist on that plane called Innistrad. No shit. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I mean. Each, each set has a different world. The most recent one, Ixalan has dinosaurs, merfolk, uh, pirates, that that's what this plane is filled with is like the this adventuring plane. So it's like someone's a big fan of pirates. Hey, you should play this pirate deck. Kind and, of something for everybody. And it steals other people's stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it it's all about finding where people land in it. I like that a lot. Yeah. I really do. It's a good idea. Again, you've kind of uh, in everything you've done, mm. it seems like you're almost in a very specific lane, but in a general lane at the same time. Yeah. Like I, I think when people hear like kind of going back to like Star Wars, right. there is a very much a Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. But Star World Star, Star World. Yeah. Star World. Star Wars is still very global. Right. I think this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's 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 I don't want to say it's it, it's kind of in one lane, but at the same time a broad lane. Yeah. It really is. And and Star Wars once again it can be very gatekeepy, but that's what you know my last project with Chatter Squadron was all about was the fun fun and positivity. It was not speaking so inside baseball that someone who's just seen the movies could listen to a podcast and have a good time with it. This is similar with the Pillow Fort. Someone could just 
kind of remotely know what the game is about. And by watching the stuff that I do, they either learn more about it, they laugh at the content or whatever it is, but they're going to have a fun time inside the pillow fort. So, uh, so you take pillow fort. Where do you want to take it? Um, I want to just be more entrenched in the community. I, you know, like I said, I started this, uh, oh geez, like eight years ago at this point and then had the hiatus and then brought the whole, uh, channel and everything back. Um, I just want to reach more people, be more in the community. I love answering questions. I love making decks. I love all those things. And having people reach out or collaborating with people, that's something I would love to do more of that just spreads that type of uh, laughter and um, the fun nature of the the product with other people. That yeah. That's kind of my goal right now. Well, again, so what would you say was your break? Because I mean, I think again, the the thing about something like this that's mm -hmm. well known and people are into, you actually can take a break and still kind of get right back into it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was much like my break from pro wrestling, where it's just one of those things where you wane on it a little bit, and I waned on uh, Magic the Gathering. It just wasn't my priority. I was playing in bands and doing all kinds of stuff. And then it literally was somebody just giving me a magic pack just as like a, a random thing, a booster pack. And I opened it and I had the thought, which I have all the time, and it plagues me in the best way possible, which is I saw one card in the pack and I said, I can make a deck around this. And all of a sudden it all flooded back. It was in 2019, right before the pandemic. And I opened that pack and I had that thought of I can make a deck around this. And I was like, oh... Oh no, it's happening. And I just had to make a deck around this mechanic, this creature, this whatever. And that's what brought me back into it. And I think it's it's natural for people to wane on things. Like for me with Star Wars right now, I'm it's probably because I'm not covering it all the time, but I'm on a down with Star Wars. But I'm sure there's going to be something that will just hit that I'll see that will just pull me right back into it. I think it's natural for people to kind of have ups and downs with their no, fandoms. I, I agree. Yeah. Again, especially with things like this. I mean, the Star Wars is a very, I mean, that is a divided community, especially oh, yeah. when you look at what the original was, which I, I think is, I, I don't know if I am out of line saying kind of universally beloved mm -hmm. uh, versus what has happened since. From Phantom Menace on, and yeah. and I'm kind of in that boat. Like I wasn't, uh, I I was thinking about this before you came over. I remember seeing Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. These I don't know why <laughs> the, the titles of these need to be more like stuff. Yeah, Phantom Menace, and I remember seeing it in the theater around the same time that I saw the Mummy right? with Brendan Fraser, and I was yeah. like, wow, I like the Mummy better. It, it, I mean, it, it's it, a great it, movie. It was more entertaining to yeah. me. You know, and then you know, like the 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 uh, you know the uh, the the three that followed after that, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I mean, they, they were they were good. They weren't bad movies at all, but they didn't hit with me the same way the originals did. Well, Which I, do they ever really? I think we will see that more and more because there's a prequel lovers um, resurgence recently of yeah. the people who love those one, two, and three. Because they, like me, were kids when they came out, and it's that was Star Wars to them. 
And then I think it'll happen again with these sequels with uh, 7, 8, and 9 with Ray and Kylo and all that. I think there will be kids who saw this when they were 9, 10, 11, and they're like, well, that's Star Wars to me. And in 10 years from now, they'll love the sequels more than all the oh, other ones. Like, you're probably right. And, and that's yeah. what's kind of timeless about these fandoms that continue. It's the fact that they continue on that makes it generational wrestling's generational because it's still going that very star true. trek's generational because it's still going like all these things of doctor who generational because people will have a doctor people will have a favorite jedi people will have a favorite wrestler like those things continue because you have your place in it every single time yeah and i guess maybe i thought they were just gonna get cooler to me because i mean the i mean when you think about like the the the, the end of you know, Jedi or Star Wars, mm-hmm. obviously, like the or, or Empire. It's in every single one of them. Yeah, the uh, the the Jedi fight scenes. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean, well, compared to modern day, they're obviously not nearly as good. Core, you know, core. Right, core. Yeah, but I still was into those more though. Right. Versus, uh, you know, like except for, I will say, okay, at the end of Phantom Menace. Yeah, the, uh, the, the duel the, of fates is one of the greatest things. The Darth Moore and like yeah, the yeah, Liam yeah. Nees. That is such a good fight scene. It's amazing, but. Yeah. It's just I remember what like Rogue One. Mm. I forgot the entire movie. I wasn't into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even go see the Han Solo movie because everyone told me not to. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love it's, it. I, did you really? I, it was a lot of fun. All right, I'll it, check it, was it a out. Lot of fun. But that's what I mean is, like you were saying, there's sometimes there's not a place for people in some of these things, right? Yeah. You see something and you don't find your place in it and that's okay. You can still love the other movies in the franchise that you love. It's similar, uh, especially with Magic recently because uh, one one criticism with the people who make Magic, Wizards of the Coast, is, is that they put out way too much product. Mm. There's like almost every month there's a new release of product and something that I have to do for my own sake as well as other people is maybe this release is just not for me. We had Doctor Who a couple months ago. I'm not a Doctor Who person, so I just skipped all those cards completely. But that's what it... I think people will quickly go to that where it's like, Doctor Who, I don't like Doctor Who. That's the death of Magic the Gathering. You know, Rogue One, I don't like Rogue One. That's the death of Star Wars. Like, People like to take those things because it's it didn't connect with them. But you gotta just kind of go like, I mean, you know what? I did we're, it. we're in a time though. You're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Though, you know, I, I bet if if we took ten minutes to even look into it, we'd find a huge population. It's like you're not doing enough, right? You know, I, I don't know. You it, know? Uh, but that's what I try and always push is just to keep even keel. <laughs> like, if you don't like something, you don't like something, yeah. and that's. That's fine, but if someone else likes the thing that you don't like, don't make them feel like an idiot about it. Like that that was the biggest thing I would say with Star Wars is, you know, people would crap on the prequels 110%, people would love the prequels. Can we not just fight with each other about that? Please like just let people enjoy the things they like as long as it's not hurting somebody. Just like what you like, and that's that's how life is. Some well, people don't like. We're coming up on Thanksgiving and Christmas, though, man. We have to fight about those things. We have to. Uh, let's we all... have to fight. If anything, 
guys, this is the time that you fight mm-hmm. with your family about whether or not Rogue One or Phantom Menace was the worst part of the entire universe. Yeah, let's all sit at a big table as a community with <laughs> hundreds of thousands of us and just argue it out, and then we'll be fine afterwards. We're seeing that with like the MCU and everything now, too, where it's like everyone's like, oh, this, I'm like, I don't think anything sucks. Honestly, I think most of us are just fucking over the there's just there's too many movies man we got to move on this right. is the andrew dice clay of like superheroes we're just we need something new man we're, we're done with it you got to move on and that's that's what i'm saying sometimes some people come into it like I, like i said some people will come into magic because of uh doctor who uh some people have to check out for doctor who yeah. that's okay we we all uh, say with star wars we all like star wars star wars is just different to some of us yeah. And, oh no, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, Star Wars is one of those things that like you're you don't have to be super into, you don't have to be not that into, but everyone knows what it is. Right. Like that's that's the the global kind of phenomenon of that. Mm-hmm. Like eh, that is a global everyone knows, everyone knows who Darth Vader is, yep. whether it's a passing whatever or you're fucking hardcore into it. You know that. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing that's kind of harder for me to wrap my head around is how big of a concept it is. Yeah, I, I think um it was Bryce Dallas Howard, who is uh, Ron Howard's daughter, who directed some of The Mandalorian and other stuff for Star Wars, uh, she mentioned that she was kind of preached on the silhouette of characters, and the silhouette is the iconic thing of a character. And ever since she said that, it rang so true with Star Wars that if you just saw the silhouette of Darth Vader, of Yoda of Jabba the Hutt, of these characters, you would know who they are. And that's just rings so true to so many different fandoms is just Mm -hmm. even seeing a glimpse of something. If it's, you know what it is, if you know what it is, it's that iconic thing that you can't deny that, you know, that that's wild. You really, really can. Right. Like the silhouette of somebody, whether you're a humongous fan or not, there are people that would know that that is having never seen a movie. Exactly. That's what's crazy about that. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of what this podcast is. I, it's so wild that everyone knows what this is. When I, I, get, sat, I get accosted at get-go. When I sat down, I was like, <laughs> this is a guiltless basement. I could tell. Yeah. It, it's mainly because of this big G, this G. that I'm sat in yeah. front of right now. But I was like, "This is." I know exactly what this is. Everyone in America does. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we messaged each other. And you knew where you were going. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but no, I think yeah, you would have known no I, matter I what. I was going to mention that, but yeah. And also, <laughs> I see the guiltless stuff on the table over the. You so know, many. But yeah. either either way, you know what? You're iconic. Yeah. And, and you're a part of America. I'm the Darth Vader of podcasting, <laughs> and that's what I wanted. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> well, man, this was cool. I, I'm glad we got to talk about a lot of these things. I'm in, a lot of stuff in true fashion of this podcast. We talked about stuff I didn't even know we were going to talk about. Yeah, which I love. I got to know you a lot. I, I'm glad too, man. I talk about the stuff that you have done, are doing, and really just kind of talk about the stuff that you're kind of into. And uh, I love that we have a very mutual respect and love for Fly of the Concords, and it's yeah. always sunny. Oh yeah, uh, we both love whiskey, oh, which just God. means we're just classy dudes. Yeah, you know. Um, Anytime, this was, this let me great. know. I, I uh, had a great you're, time. You're coming back. Okay, you're coming back. Plus, you're a Lakewood dude. I like that. Man. I know. Yeah. I like that a lot. Right over, uh, I like right this. around there. I like that. Um, well, where can everybody find your stuff? Uh, look for me on uh, Pillow Fort, the Pillow Fort, Pillow Fort MTG, any of that stuff. You can see the 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 things I'm doing right now. 
Um, if you want to see my older stuff, look for Chatter Squadron or Junk Drawer Comedy. I do some comedy sketches for uh, that channel as well. So It's on your link tree, right? Uh, I should make a link tree. Wow. Oh, you had That's one. A good point. I, I have a link tree. I don't have one either. I, I was literally tree. looking at one a week ago about doing this, but I have a link tree on some of my stuff. But no, I I think I just have a a, a normal boring link. Oh yeah, you can find me at the Tyler Bucks on uh, on Instagram. So uh, coming soon to that, a link tree. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you have like a supermodel picture on here. Oh, by the way, I do modeling sometimes here and there. No, there's one. I'm not. Not fucking about. It's, There's one on here. I'm like, whoa. It's very much. This a, is well done. It's a thirst trap for sure. Shout out to uh, Alicia um, Yuguchini's uh, photos for. Oh, my, that's my the one right there. Yeah, that one. The, that's the a, running my. Oh, hand. that's a. That's a classic. Oh man, that's, <laughs> this is that's, a great one. That's classic model stuff, right there. I might use that for my profile photo. That's just a put really your face good one. over mine. Just, no, I'm just gonna put yours, and people are gonna be like, "Hey, he's a good looking dude." I'll go to his podcast. They're gonna think that's me. That's a really good picture. Do it with no guilt. Do it guiltless. There I you might go. say. I like that. What can I say? Cool. I brought it all together. I'm getting out of here. I'm gonna jump through one of those windows. <laughs> good luck. They're plate glass. <laughs> all right, I'll give it a shot. All right. Well, cool. I appreciate you coming, buddy, man. I this was awesome chatting me. with you, man. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did, too. I had a great um, time. I mentioned kind of in passing, um, so we just did the live show at Flight. I'm finalizing. It's already been done. I'm finalizing the details of the next live Guiltless show. It's going to be in Akron, so we're going to go 40 minutes south. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm also, right before you got here, was talking to some of the potential performers. I'm pretty sure I'll finalize that, but it'll all be out there as soon as it's done. Obviously, I'm going to take a break when we get to Christmas, because <laughs> honestly, I just want to lay around take a nap. and eat Christmas cookies, and I want my son to throw up on me a little bit more. Okay, So that, that that's kind of my goal. So, uh but i uh, got a couple more episodes coming out, uh, a couple more this year, and then uh, we're going to finish really, really strong. We've had a lot of really good guests. This one was just another great one, so I was really happy that you were able to come here. Um, Thank you. Finish soon, and uh, we'll talk soon, Bob. But I appreciate you taking the time. Akron's my old stomping grounds. I love I love that area. So have a good time going down there. The drive's not that good. But it's, it's I've done good. it so many times. I don't. It doesn't matter to me anymore. You zone out, and all of a sudden, I do. All you're, of a sudden, boom! I'm down there. My, my mom and sister are still down there, so oh, okay. I go down there a lot. It's not a big deal at all. So you're seeing Fairlawn come up, and you're like, "Whoa!" I I kind of blacked out. And that's for the right. last all of a sudden. Minutes. All of a sudden, I'm right by Olive Garden. <laughs> boom! <laughs> As all of us, I'm in are. Montrose. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, that's it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right.